All right, let's see if this flies. Uh, welcome everyone to another episode of How I Met Your Mortgage. As always, I'm your host, Adam Smith, with Just the Tips Coaching. And with me is a repeat guest, one we haven't had on in some time, Matt Thompson. Matt, welcome back to the show. Good morning. Thanks for having me back. I appreciate uh, it. No, absolutely. The only thing is I wish that we were doing this with you with Jen, who <laughs> is on her way back uh, slowly, but on her way back from like three weeks of epic travel. She hiked some trail from Portugal to Spain or vice versa and has finally made it back stateside, but not back to Colorado as of yet. So hopefully that will uh, be soon. I uh, really, this I think this is the second episode we've done without her in the background, running logistics, graphics, audio, video, all of that stuff. So hopefully I haven't uh, let her down too much, but I'm sure I'll get an earful from her if I have. Um, but yeah, let's talk about you, Matt, and what's been going on. It's probably been, oh my gosh, a year, year and a half since we've had you on the show. And yeah. it's been an absolutely insane year, year and a half <laughs> in the world, in real estate, so on and so forth. Tell us what you've been up to. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I've been I've been in real estate now since 2004. And so I've lived through the 07, 08, 09 debacle, but uh, major this, ups and downs there. And here we go again. Different. It's it's different. And it's the same. Um and so, yeah, it's it's riding this weird wave. I was talking to my coach the other day and just looking at this question of evaluating all the success that we've had over the last, I mean, gosh, at this point, I guess you could say seven, eight, nine years and asking how much of that is because of what I'm doing versus how much of that was was just what the what the market was doing. And so now it's it's this really interesting time to really start evaluating what have I been doing, what's been working, what's not been working, what was part of the market. And, you know, as I look at my business, I'm, I'm twofold. I run a, a decent sized brokerage. We're about, we've grown to 170 agents with, uh, with Fathom in Colorado now. So I'm in charge of, of that. And then I also do still run my, my own sales business, uh, in addition to the training. So it's, there's successes and, and challenges on both sides of both the brokerage management side, as well as the standard traditional real estate sales side. So I'm just trying to figure all that out and figure out where we're headed and trying to make sure that I remember enough about 0708 that I can protect myself through all this and help my agents protect themselves through all this. Yeah, very true. Um, I really like this subject or sub subject of differentiating between what successes were part of you doing you and what were just a byproduct of the market. Mm -hmm. what, what have you come up with there? <laughs> if I'm going to be honest, that most of it is a byproduct of the market. Okay. Um, it's the, you know, the same similar thing happened to me in 07. 2007 was the best year I had ever had in real estate up until that point. And I think I credited myself with a lot of it. There's certain activities, certainly, that I'm doing that lead to the success. And the reality is when the market is the way that it's been, you do less of those 
uh, activities, you know, you know, I'm supposed to write a certain number of handwritten notes, or I'm supposed to make a certain number of contacts. Phone calls, social media time. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm doing some of the right activities and I'm waiting, riding the wave of the market that the, the bad habits that I'm creating or the shortcuts that I've been taking haven't been hurting me because the market has been high enough. And it's I think that supplementing that's that. Ahead. I agree. Okay. But I think that this is a really important piece of the puzzle. And I think it's not necessarily just going to be unique to the existing market or what we're going to see in the next six or 12 months or even 18, who knows? Uh, obviously those economic indicators aren't a good measuring tool at this point we've mm -hmm. never had an economy coming out of a pandemic so it's just we've never been here before so it's just right. going to be difficult to make any kind of solid prediction but i think what you're putting down or at least if i'm picking it up correctly is that there's a lot at multiple times in cycles where we're working in our business instead of on our business mm -hmm. and the market is able to supplement our negligence let's just mm -hmm. be honest about it we're all guilty of it mm -hmm. and that i do think that there's a lot of truth to the fact that if we would go so far as to make sure that we're being constant and consistent no matter what the market is doing we have the tools we know yep. what they are we need to be using them and really if you guys will just keep doing all of you listening or watching live or in syndication if you'll just keep doing the things you know you're supposed to be doing if you'll accept that kick in the ass and do these things and uh you know to be perfectly honest matt nailed on a couple of them pick up the phone do your social media work, do your time in the box, do your video work, write your handwritten notes. Mm -hmm. I mean, these are things that we know we should be doing that we just kind of need a reminder of a slap in the face, a kick in the ass, however you want to describe it. But I think now it may be more important than ever, particularly for agents that weren't around to see the last cycle. Um, and you and I <clears throat> witnessed that dramatically we were heavily embedded in it relatively new uh i started my brokerage in 05 yeah so had a couple years of growing pains then a couple years of recession pains mm -hmm. um so yeah i get it and i just can't emphasize what you're saying enough you guys know what you're supposed to be doing you just have to be doing it regularly constantly consistently well you know and adam the the trick that that i've seen so much the amount of distractions that we have right now um, are Fruit astronomical. Astronomical. And so you can be doing all that. And, and, and when I'm teaching my classes, it's amazing how I'll just kind of get in the flow of teaching. And then I'll start talking about something that I've been doing that worked or that I did that worked. And in the back of my head, I'm going, I stopped that like four months ago. Why did I stop that? It was working. Well, something new came along. And as you look, you know, you mentioned social media. Um, there's so many different social media channels. And is, do I have a business page? Do I do a personal page? Do I learn TikTok? Do I look, do reels? Do I do posts? And we start getting distracted by all of these outside things. And there's some really basic things 
you know, I was watching some Jim Rohn videos the other day from like 1984. And everything that he was saying, which he was quoting from the 50s. Still applies today. Still applies today. And all these other new things that we're trying to grasp onto to get ahead, I think is what's distracting me and a lot of my agents and preventing us from getting where we need to be because we're trying to grasp the next new shiny. Shiny trick um yeah we're, you know, we're easily distracted yeah. there are a ton of those shiny objects out there so the way i really feel about it is that yes there are probably dozens or hundreds of things you could be doing in your lead gen work that you could implement mm-hmm. and you could probably implement well if we were robots if we were mm-hmm. supercomputers if we had the time the resources the means but I think in reality, what needs to go on is you got to filter through that shit. There's no question about it. Find something. For me, I love the phone. Pick up the phone. There's money at the other end of that line. Right. It is still the greatest lead gen tool that I coach on, that I implement day after day. And systemize it. Automate it as much as you can. Make it your own. Make that one technique or tactic a lead gen tactic that is you master it then find one more same process then maybe one more but i think the really successful people in real estate in mortgages probably only have two or three and they are masters of those two or three and, and you have to get, there, there's such a, an interesting balance because I used to teach pre-licensing classes and I stopped doing that because I felt like I was contributing to the problem of having too many realtors. <laughs> but as I would talk to, to agents and, and get these new agents, you know, my previous brokerage, we were really heavy on new agents and we were, we were set up to handle that. And so it was fine. And as I would talk to incoming agents and new agents and, and try to pin that down, what is it that you want to do? It was staggering how often I, well, I'm not going to door knock. I'm not, I don't like the phone. I'm not going to, I'm not going to do open houses, but I'm really good on Facebook or I'm really good on. And that always gets me a little bit nervous because it's like, well, A, what does that mean? Good on Facebook means that you can do eight hours straight on Facebook. And, you know, what does that mean? That the next part of that, and this was when I very first started getting into social media in 2008, my coach at the time, who had knew nothing, knew nothing about social media, said, hey, that's fine that you're doing that. But I want to make sure that you have one appointment per week, that you meet one person on social media, and then you make that a face-to-face appointment, one a week. So I started doing that in 08. And I've carried that on. Um, I had in the last three weeks, there's a, a local group here in Castle Rock where I live. And it's just a, a group of men and a lot of them are business owners. And it's a very active, almost 2000 people on this Facebook page. Well, I make it a point that once a week, I try to have a face to face with one of those guys and just send them a private message. Hey, would you like to meet down at this coffee shop? Two of the last three appointments that I've had in the last three weeks the guy who I've talked with goes, man, we've probably got 50 realtors in the group and you're the first one I've ever met. Wow. And so the, the thing that we've got to watch for is yes, you absolutely need to find something that's you and it has to get you one-on-one. And if that's a phone call, great. 
If it's face-to-face, -face, great, but it can't just be this blast, well, I'm really good at sending postcards or I'm really good on social media. There has to be meeting and you know, I'm the exact opposite of you. I can't do the phone. I hate it. I hate <laughs> doing the phone. I love um, the phone. I'm not going to love that. And you know, I've coached a guy, he's, he's at the Keller Williams office in Highlands Ranch. I coached him years ago and he's taken off and done his own thing since. He sells 20 to 30 houses a year through open houses. Well, I've done in, in the 20 years that I've been in the business, I've done probably six open houses and I don't think I've ever gotten a client from it. So you really do have to find what works for you and what's going to get you in front of people. Um, phone is fine. I'm fine with text. I know a lot of coaches don't like text or, you know, Facebook messengers or whatever, but you really do have to cut through all that and go, how am I, how am I going to master this so that, that I'm actually having conversations with people and not just getting likes or followers or stuff like that. Well, and don't get me wrong, I think that there is a significant amount of value to having as many people consuming as much of your content as possible. Mm -hmm. I, I think social media and video are ridiculously important that way. Mm -hmm. But I would say the leverage that those things have and uh, that Jen would know better than I am, but we constantly have uh, these most connected awards coming into our office, the most Facebook friends, LinkedIn connections, Twitter followers, whatever the case may be. And it, obviously that's specific to the mortgage industry. I'm, right. not, uh, I'm not Gary V, although I do take a lot of what he says at uh, value. Uh, he is, uh, if there's ever, if there's anybody out there that has the perfect meld of, social media and the human condition and how to make the two work together. It's probably Gary. Um, but I don't think that any of that would trump working the phone or having face-to-face -face meetings or doing open houses or door knocking. I, and I would never ever judge somebody for how they want to do their lead gen. I'll just judge them if they don't fucking do it. Mm -hmm. But um, case in point, we had a coaching client says he wants to do door knocking. Great. Not my cup of tea. Um, I would rather do more video work and be a thousand on one than one on one or 40 on one, whatever the time spend is. Mm -hmm. But he says, I'm going to do four hours every Saturday. Great. Go. Um, and after a month, he said, it doesn't, that didn't work. It didn't work. I'm like, dude, you did 16 hours. That's like one right. day, one work day in the life of a new agent. Right. Do four hours a day every Saturday for a year and then tell me it didn't work. Be constant, be consistent. If whatever it is you're going to adopt, it's going to work if you work, yeah. but you have to do the work. And and people get so afraid of that. It's, it's funny that, you know, we get at our house, I'm sure you do too. I think there's four, four or five realtors that farm my neighborhood. And so I get postcards and mailers and all that stuff from four or five different realtors. And yes. They either don't look or they don't know me. Uh, and so they continue to send it to me, which is fine. I like getting it because it helps to know. And it's unbelievable how many of them you'll get for six to eight months and then you don't hear from them again. Uh -huh. And it's this mindset of, well, I tried that and I didn't uh -huh. get anything from it. Could you imagine giving up on a monthly mailer after six or eight months and thinking that didn't work? I, I can't imagine because I did that in 04. I, okay. <laughs> I had a postcard campaign that was uh, 
I'm still embarrassed that I bought this, but it was like one of those little cute sayings. Like you'd send a postcard and it would have a puppy and it'd be like, you know, I'm the doggone best realtor or, uh, um, you know, let me catnip this in the bud for you. Oh, wow. It was, okay. it was I cool. embrace the cheesiness, but that's a new level. Yeah. Yeah. It was horrible. And, <laughs> and I sent it out for probably six to eight months and didn't get a single, like nobody even called to tell me to please stop, you know? So it just, it was going to, but after six months, I'm like, well, I didn't get anything from this. And I spent, you know, I spent 250 bucks a month on that. So I flushed, you know, $1,500 and I look back on it now and it's like, well, what was I expecting to get in six months? And it, the consistency of, of all of these types of things, you know, you'd go. And how, you'd, how often did that go out? It went out once a month. So, so I sent out six mailers. Six touches mm -hmm. in snail mail, which we know is really, well, you probably haven't even reached the equivalent of a single touch when it comes to the phone or face-to-face -face no. or nope. even social media video, et cetera. Okay. And there was no branding to that. There was nothing about that postcard that would tie people to who I was trying to be or what I was trying. So there's nothing, even with the thought process of, well, what is snail mail good for? Well, it's, you know, time, pressure over time, you know, and people start seeing your name. There's nothing for them to remember me by. There, there was nothing in that postcard that identified me. I was advertising my previous brokerage with my, my previous brokerage's logo. And I was sending stupid pet postcards. Like what? Th there was no connection there. So even if I had done that one for 24 months, probably would have done nothing because there was no way to identify that or to place that with me. There was no, there was no brand building going on with that. Well, and there was nothing that said who you are. There was a little bit that said what you do. Mm -hmm. We would hope that something like that would at least give us the inclination that you're in real estate, mm -hmm. but there was nothing about that that would say who you are. Um, and I think that's what, even in that time frame, 2004 on, even before that time frame, because we've all been somebody's target audience since birth, mm -hmm. is that really what the audience is craving, whether that's the neighborhood that you're papering or your Facebook friends or anything in between, is more about who you are than what you do. Authenticity, yeah. transparency, um, those kinds of things. So, yeah, that is a difficult way to go about it uh was it expensive yeah i mean it was it cost me fifteen hundred dollars to to do that and in oh four time i mean that's you know i relate that to today i don't do mailers or anything like that today um i spent i've got season tickets down to the air force academy football and i cool. take clients no down to me for four people for season tickets it cost me 800 bucks to be mid-level 50 yard line so I can basically do two years of, what is that? If I'm taking three people with me for seven, 20, that's like face-to-face -face for three hours with 40 different potential clients for the same price. As your mailer ago. that I threw in the trash. Yeah. So yeah. it's, you know, I've, I've completely stopped. When I left my previous brokerage and, and came to Fathom, you know, A, I started saving a lot of money. And the founder of Fathom, Josh Harley, I remember when we met and he asked, you know, talked to me about kind of relaunching it here. He goes, yeah, you're going to save 18 to 20,000 a year with us, but who cares? 
He says, if you're making 300,000 a year, do you really care if you're saving 20,000? Yeah, not really. He goes, but what if you took 5,000 of that 20,000 that you're saving and poured it back into some sort of marketing? How many new clients do you think you could get from 5,000 bucks? I'd say minimum, I, sh I should be able to get five to seven. And it's ended up being more than that. So I've got the season. And, and it only to... takes one to make up the five grand. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and so, so I've, I've kind of through Josh's coaching, I've got the air force uh, season tickets. We get a suite to Coors field twice a year. I'm looking to change that because I'm looking for somewhere that actually has major league baseball, but I won't get into oh, that. Oh, now come on. One team there is in major league baseball, just not yeah, the Rockies. Not, not the home team. Okay. So, so I'm taking, taking that money and just putting it into events. Can we host a pumpkin patch? Can I rent out a movie theater? Can I get a suite at, at the Pepsi center? What, what can I do with that money? And so now it's not just a matter of, yes, I'm saving 20 grand. Well, I'm spending five of that. So I'm saving 15 grand a year over what I was doing. I'm making about an extra 80 grand or 90 grand a year over what I was doing. And again, it's going back to being true to myself of, well, what do you like doing? I, I don't like sending postcards. I don't even like doing big networking events. I like doing small one-on-one -on -one things, sporting events or community events or things like that. And so now that I've kind of figured out who I am, what I like to do, and I'm just pouring my money towards that, a whole lot more effective than, than postcards or any of that stuff. And it's supplemented with everything else. Because you talk about, well, people want to know who you are. In 2008, when my business had absolutely tanked, I mean, I went through the, the second half of 07 through the first half of 08 in that 12-month time period. I sold four houses. And we're we were panicking. Um, we had a new house, we had a new baby, we had two new cars and I, I wasn't making any money at all. And I saw on the cover of realtor magazine, there was a gal from my previous brokerage. She was in St. Paul, Minnesota, and she was the real estate blogger of the year. So I just called her and said, Hey, congratulations. I saw you on real estate magazine. What's a blog. Ah. And she started coaching me on it and got me hooked into her blogging network and that allowed me to, as I started writing about the community, people got to know who I was, what I was about, what my personality was, so that when I did my face-to-faces, they already felt like they knew me and knew my voice a little bit um, because they saw pictures of me around town. They saw pictures of my family. They knew where I ate. They read, you know, it was a, it was a casual voice. So you're supplementing that one-on-one -on -one with the blogging. And it's the same thing now when I go to an Air Force game or a Rockies game or whatever. People know me from my videos or my social media, but I'm not just leaving it at that. Right. I'm not just going, well, I've got X number of followers or 4,800 people watch that video in the first 24 hours, so I'm good. It's okay. I got to look through and see who's, video, who's viewing that and how can I connect with them. Um, and finding out that process is, is I think what needs to be ramped up as we come into this uh, newer market that we're heading into. All right. Let's not gloss over a few really important things here that the vlog uh, versus blog, our video blog uh, generates activity where people I've never met will come up to me and talk mm -hmm. to me like they know me. They've seen my home office. 
my pets, they know how I speak, my tone, my inflection, my sense of humor. Where if you've got people consuming that content, the ones that are watching it over, the ones that are migrating towards you, the ones that you're attracting are the people that think they like you. They have right. a degree of no like and trust already. Yep. Please, all of you watching and listening, don't discount that at all. That is one of the biggest factors right now. No question. I do also agree with Matt that the sporting event thing, we are going to kick the Rockies to the curb. But we do Broncos, Nuggets, Avs, and Pioneers. Mm -hmm. Worth every penny. Mm -hmm. That kind of one-on-one. -on -one. I had a great time with a colleague at the Bronco game Thursday night. Uh, that kind of thing. Horrible football game. Uh, by the way, they're about as bad as the Rockies. Um, <laughs> wait a minute. In fact, wasn't there a day Russell Wilson was actually a Rocky? I think he was drafted by the he, Rockies. He was drafted to play second base by the Rockies. And Maybe we should make that trade. That, that's you know. Let Charlie Blackman come throw the football for a while. Let's see what happens. Couldn't hurt. Well. Um, but I do think that those couple of things that you've touched on are ridiculously valuable when it comes to lead gen tools, mm -hmm. building your audience tools, getting people to consume your content tools. And yeah, when implemented properly and when I properly, and when I say that everybody, I mean, constant, consistent, authentic, transparent activity mm -hmm. in person at that coffee shop, at a sporting event on your video blog, whatever is going to pay dividends well beyond the mailer postcard, yes. And and I would make a pretty good guarantee that since you started this video podcast, you've gotten a lot better at it. And you've probably added oh, sure. some technology. Oh, when sure. I'm teaching my classes, I teach a, a blogging and social media class. Um, it's a, a three-hour, excuse me, a two-hour CE class that I wrote. And when I teach it, a lot of people are like, I don't know where to start or I don't like the way I look on video or I don't mm. like the way I sound on video. Mm. And it's like the, the way you look on video is really similar to the way you look in person. That's how you look. This and the is way you how you look and video, sound in person. Yes. Yeah, you know, I, I don't like, I'm sitting here looking at this going, Oh, huh, there's an extra chin there mm. that I used to not have. The beard hides that by the it's, way. Yeah. It's, uh, it's I, I probably couldn't grow a beard, so I need to, <laughs> to work. It. And it just is what it is. And I don't have the cool microphone or that cool setup that you have. I use this. That's that's my video. And I've got a little light here to help me and all that kind of stuff. So it's the, the again, the excuses that we find to try to stop us or not even get started in doing that. Well, once I've learned more about video, then I'll do it. Well, once yeah. I've learned more about podcasts, then maybe mm. I'll start one. We just had a group, uh, the Metro 5280 team uh, that J.C. Ortega, uh, he runs that in our office. He and some of his guys just started a podcast two weeks ago. And it's just a group of three or four real estate agents sitting around a table just talking to each other. They don't even know who's listening. Right. Great. That's how they start. That's, uh, you know, when I was in Seattle, there's a there's a video podcast out now called the RESource.TV. It's with Ryan Hillis and... Uh, um, I can't even remember who uh, it's, it was Ryan and Ryan. I can't remember the name of the other uh, Christensen, Ryan Christensen and Ryan Hills. Those guys, when they started in Seattle and I was on, they came and toured one of my houses with me and they thought, well, you know, we might get 50 people to watch this. 
they are one of the, I think they're the second or third most realist, most watched real estate broadcast right now. Um, they've got something like 12,000 or 13,000 visitors a week watching their video. And it didn't start that way. They just started doing it. And then exactly what you said, they kept doing it. It didn't matter who listened to them. It didn't matter that they weren't getting comments. It grew. And they just kind of always had that approach of at some point, this will be big. So we're going to talk as if we have an audience and they didn't know who the audience was. So they just talked as if they would one day have an audience. Constant and consistent. Yeah. Yeah. And I will be honest. I know that the viewership, the listenership through, uh, we are now approaching the end of our fifth year of this podcast and we are booked through year six into year seven, about uh, 14 months out, 15 months out. Jen would know better than I would. She keeps the production calendar. Um, and it wasn't until this year, the fifth season, that we started to get these ridiculously big exponential growth numbers in listenership. So, yeah, absolutely. But that kind of stick to itiveness. But I do want to ask you something just strictly opinion based. And sure. uh, if Jen were here, she'd be, she'd be signaling me that we're going to run over. And sorry, Jen, we're going to run over. Um, how much of this reluctance, this resistance that people have to writing a blog, to doing a video cast, to doing live video? And yes, we could come up with a thousand excuses. I don't know how to do it. I uh, don't like the way I look and sound on video. And I'm going to reemphasize that's how you look and sound in person. So mm -hmm. get over that. Um, how much of it is people making excuses versus people actually having analysis paralysis? And they're working on it and they're working through it and they're analyzing and creating and getting better, but they never actually do it versus how many humans, how many of us are just looking for excuses? You know, I'm going to say it's probably 50-50 on both. And I'll say that, you know, real estate is, is notoriously, I love what real estate has done for me. I can't stand the industry. We have a such a low bar of entry. We have terribly low standards to stay in. Um, I've been on realtor boards for 18 years trying to help change that. So part of it is we attract people who don't want to work well or don't want to be excellent at what they do. And or so they're work. looking for excuses. Um, and that's just the the nature of the business. Um, on Fair the enough. other hand, social media presents itself that everything, all the information that we're taking in looks like everybody else has it figured out. Oh, so all, all winning, all succeeding all the time. Yeah. So if I watch your video podcast, I'm sitting here going, I could never do that. I, I don't have that microphone. I don't have that headset. I don't have that reach. I don't have this. I don't have that. I wouldn't even know what to talk about. Neither did I. For all of you watching and listening, neither did I, neither did Matt. Nobody. You got to start at zero. Yep. You start at zero and you keep going and you just realize that that's, that's just the nature of, of how we get information fed to us. And there's no transparency in real estate. And so a lot of the stuff, when we look at things, I could come on here and tell you guys that I sell 85 houses a year and nobody could check me on that. I haven't sold 85 houses a year in 15 years. I'm selling 20 houses a year right now, but I could say I'm the top agent in Castle Rock and nobody could check me on that. There's no way for the consumer 
to see if I'm telling the truth or not. So I can present myself in such a way that makes myself look like an incredible expert. And you're just going to have to take me at face value for it because we're a completely non-transparent industry. And so that I think freezes people as well because they go, well, gosh, I'm not as good as he is, or I, I don't sell as many homes as she does. So I'm not valid. You don't know that it's, you know, there's a, there's a gal who dominates my old neighborhood of, of Ken Carroll dominates and every single agent I talk to, well, I I could never compete with her. She sells 6% of the houses in that neighborhood. Well, and you don't need to compete with her. And I think this is an important subject and Jen would kill me for digging this hole deeper, but all of you, anybody that does any of this kind of work, if you're watching, if you're listening, whatever the case may be, your only competition is you. All you have to do is suck less tomorrow than you do today. That's it. Just be a little better tomorrow. A little uh, Atomic habits kind of activity. Just get a little better, a little better. You are your only competition. Matt is not your competition, Colorado real estate agents. I am not your competition, Colorado mortgage brokers. You are your competition. Just be better than you were yesterday. Yep. I'm going to throw one thing in just to try to make Jen happy. And, and I'll, I'll be done with this unless you have any more questions. The, the next most important thing I would say coming into this market is find yourself a Jen. I have a, a assistant, a transaction coordinator that works all, all of my deals. We try to be all things to all people. We try to cut out costs. Having people around you, you know, when you read Gary Keller's book, The Shift, Tactic one is mindset because everything he does starts with mindset. Tactic two is to cut, manage expenses. What what people do is they manage the wrong expenses. They go, well, I can't really afford a transaction coordinator right now, or I can't really afford an administrative assistant. So I cut her out or I cut him out. I'm going to keep spending my $1,500 on my stupid postcard campaign. I'm going to keep giving my brokerage 20 grand a year but I'm going to cut out the one person who's actually making me money. (laughs) Evaluate what is and what is not working and get yourself an assistant. And if you're brand new to real estate and you're going, well, I don't want to do a transaction coordinator until I understand the, the process better. You should have a transaction coordinator on your very first transaction. If you're trying to copy what Adam's doing with this blog, get a gen. He's been doing this for how many years? And he's sitting there going, oh, I hope I'm pushing the right buttons. I hope I'm doing this. Yeah, it's a true story. There are people that do these things better than us who Uh, are so much less. We're all type A control freaks. Salespeople are. you're, You're putting it out there, but this is hard for people to adopt and implement. It was hard for me. And I can't tell you how many. I think I didn't hire my first assistant until I think. I think it was 2010. So I'd been in the business for six years. And I look at that and go, what was I doing? How much money did I leave on the table? Not just from 04 to 2010. But if I had had my assistant then, where would I have been in 2010 to to have launched through? Um, And so, yeah, it, it is hard to give that up. And you have to realize where the value lies and what you do well. And you know, Kristen, who's my transaction coordinator, I can't do what I do without her. 
And I don't imagine that you can probably do what you do without Jen. And so you find without all of them, yeah, who can manage that. And Kristen's not unique to me. She she does. I don't know. She's got thirty or so of agents in our office that she's a transaction coordinator for. That's what she does. And so as, as we head into this market, which is going to be scary, I'm a little nervous for what we're heading into. It's very different than 07, but boy, it feels, it just doesn't feel good right now. Um, you know, I would absolutely take Gary Keller's advice seriously, and I would trim the fat and cut the expenses. I would just look at what expense am I cutting? And does, is the $25,000 I'm giving to my brokerage, is that returning 50 or 75,000 a year? Or is the $300 per transaction I'm giving to my transaction coordinator, is that returning six or $900 per transaction? And figure out what is and what is not returning that money. And I that would be where I would start moving forward. Yeah. And credit where credit's due, a nod to my team, Jen, Mindy, Erica, Sarah, Di, all of you guys make my world turn here. But I want to break this down a little in, in a more simple fashion, in a simple mathematical fashion. And this is where we start when we get into the team structure modules here at Just the Tips. If you hired somebody part-time, 20 bucks an hour, 20 hours a week, roughly $1,600 a month, it would free up 80 hours of your time, eight zero. Is that enough time to go find one more deal? Rhetorical. Does that one deal pay you more than $1,600? Again, rhetorical. Yes, please, all of you, go get an assistant. Mm -hmm. All right. So, Matt, this has been an unreal episode. I can't believe that it flew by so fast. Um, <laughs> and you said, unless I had any more questions. So yes. I do have one. Okay. How does our audience get in touch with you if they want to talk? Yeah. That's the I mean, best I, way. Give us the highlights. I, I'm pretty easy to find. I would say Google me. And uh, Thompson without a P, just look up Matt Thompson Fathom Realty or Matt Thompson Colorado Realtor. And, you know, my phone number's there and my website's there. My email's there. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Instagram. You can find me on Twitter, LinkedIn. Cannot find me on TikTok because I don't uh -oh. know that. Uh, Jen's uh, Jen will have an issue with that. Hey, you know, I don't sing. I don't dance. And there's only so much I can understand. So that's... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, but no, it's, I would say just Google me and uh, just look up Fathom Realty. I've been the broker here for five years now. Um, so I should be all over Google and, uh, or Facebook or LinkedIn. And yeah, this is, I love having these conversations. I couldn't care less which brokerage you're with uh, or if you're in real estate or not. Um, I like having these conversations. I'm, I'm a teacher at heart. I've got my master's degree in education. I like talking about business and where business is going. So I'm, I would welcome any phone calls or texts or what, you know, what resonated, why I'm wrong, whatever it is. That's, I like those conversations. Thank you so much for that. And yeah, that's a, a 40 some minutes chock full of good stuff with Matt Thompson. Matt, we're going to have to have you back for uh, a three-peat, four-peat. I don't know how many <laughs> times we've had you on the podcast, but we are uh, certain we'd like to have another um, for the rest of you listening, watching, live or in syndication, uh, thanks for tuning in. We do this every Monday. Well, not every, but we probably put out 40 or 45 episodes a year. Uh, Monday, 1030 in the morning, Mountain Time. 
And if you want to uh, get notified of that, if you want to see our video blog, if you want to know about us, and I'm sure there are all kinds of things that Jen would know better to put out there than I do, just use our text code, text TIPS to 63566, and it'll ping you back all that good stuff. Matt, I'm going to run our extra. Don't go anywhere, but thank you so much. I know carving out this My kind pleasure. of time on a Monday morning is tough. And don't go anywhere. We will talk off camera shortly. The rest Perfect. of you, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. And we'll see you next week with another episode of How I Met Your Mortgage from Just the Tips Coaching.